And whoa, welcome to the Best Friend Weekend Podcast. This your man, Aldo Nice. This is Raj Move. It's Back Raj at Moe. it again with the Nike. white bands. <laughs> Damn, Roger. <laughs> You're back at it again, huh? That's right. Hey, man. It's football season, man. Too bad I couldn't watch any football today because I was boycotting. Because you know why? I'm black. Moment of silence, I'm guessing. <laughs> right. That's what that was. <laughs> it was a protest. We boycotted. And there's no football on Tuesday. So I guess Tuesday would be a good day to boycott. I boycott on Tuesday, Wednesday. You know? That's Friday. about it. No, I might watch some high school. Oh, yeah, NFL. I black out the NFL on Friday and Saturday, too. It's all about college football. Um, Am I supposed to, Raj? Am I supposed to be boycotting the NFL? Are we supposed to? I'm saying I. Like, you're not black. You're black. You're supposed to boycott the NFL, too, right? I'm a different kind of black, though. You... you, It's not like you Navy. I mean, you're the same kind of black as me. We both kind of caramel black. You're Onyx, and I'm metallic. (laughs) I don't know. So, um... (laughs) Gun metal. No, no, no. I think, like we talked about already in maybe a few of our podcasts, you're not obligated to do anything. You do what you want to do, you know? Just like boycotting the NFL on NF- on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday and Saturday, you're not boycotting. You're not boycotting, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can I boycott the NFL except for the Saints games? Like, just the Saints. I watch just the Saints. What would be boycotting the NFL? Not watching the games? I mean, I don't know. They, like, literally, I've had people, um, you know, hollering at me saying, look, we're not going to do a fantasy league this year because I can't support the NFL. Like, there's a lot of people who this week were like, oh, it's tough um, boycotting the NFL when all your friends want to watch the games. So I guess, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to keep sounding uh, ignorant about it. I mean, the protest is, you know, Colin Kaepernick, until he gets signed, people are pro- um, protesting the NFL and boycotting. I just don't know. I mean, I know where I stand on it. Football's in, I mean, it's NFL football. Like, you wait all year to watch the, the football, right? Am I tripping? No, absolutely. I'm not boycotting. Uh, good luck to to Colin Kaepernick in landing an NFL job. And that's, you know, and I do feel, I feel the general sentiment of, of everything that everybody else feels. I feel the same way. I think that he should be on an NFL team. I think that if every NFL team has a starter and a backup, so two per team, that'd be 64 quarterbacks in the NFL. He's one of the best 64 quarterbacks in the, in the league possibly even one of the best 32 uh probably even one of the best 32 so that means that he should be somewhere in the nfl and he's not and that too bad you know i'm still (laughs) gonna watch the nfl i'm gonna watch the nfl regardless of if colin kaepernick has a job or not i mean i'm what he's boycotting is um is important and we've talked about this at length. Um, the stance he's trying to make is important. I just I just don't know what... Like, I was looking at some stats today about, um, like, the impact of the boycott. And, I mean, I, I heard other people even say this, that no matter what what the boycott's um, impact would do, the, the NFL's never going to come out and say, oh, these black dollars are the reason why um, 
Like, oh, we have to make a change. We got to get Colin signed somewhere because we're really missing these black dollars. They'll blame it on any and everything else. The Patriots were playing against the Chiefs, and that's a bad first week game. Um, Hurricane Harvey and Irma were happening. So people, attendance was down and viewership was down because of that. They'll come up with all kinds of reasons. They'll never say, they'll never come out and say it's the black dollar. I mean, I I do believe in like financial, like if you you make a financial stand as a group and you actually affect the bottom line and you can implement, you can um, be an agent of change. I just don't think it's that we're not, (laughs) this isn't a consolidated thing. There wasn't a black meeting where all black people just agreed to this. This is a this is a smaller group of black people. And I would argue that probably a lot of them didn't watch football anyway. And if there was a black meeting that and we all agreed and I would have my fingers crossed cuz I'm still going to watch the NFL. I'm, I I I don't care that much. I care. I do care. But I don't care enough to stop watching the NFL. I'm going to watch it. Football still- is made for TV, man, and it's it's football. It's the best sport. I mean, I guess maybe some of those people watch college football and they're just boycotting the NFL for that reason. And that's I mean, a little to slick me, way. To me, there's reasons to boycott college football too, you know, and I don't. I think it's I think it's sick that those college athletes uh make all of that money for the universities and they don't see any of it. I think that that's highway robbery. Oh, you get a you get no. a scholarship. You get to go to class for free. Make that Great. out to highway rubbery. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Potans. Granny, you should have called Potans. B Town. <laughs> you should have called late to work again. Should have called Potans. You should have called Potans. My apologies. <laughs> but I guess we 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 had a place where you know. We we had a different place in time with these NFL thoughts. Like you said, they they've been exploiting um, college athletes for years. You know, I mean, but then again, me and you both are in our selfish world. Would probably I know you agree with me on this. Um, exploit them all you want if we can get another NCAA football game on PS Four. Let's man. You know what? I feel like the real villains here. <laughs> the real villains in the in the um in the ending of the of the PS4 of the of the video game college the college sports video games was those dare I say bitch ass niggas snitch ass niggas <laughs> I apologize for my language Ed O'Bannon Charles O'Bannon whichever one of them it was and whoever that quarterback from Nebraska or whoever or an NC State, it was from Northwestern. It was from no, Northwestern. No, I think it, was it might have been Trevor Simeon or something. It wasn't Trevor Simeon. <laughs> but it was like the dude, who, his backup, or his dude in front of him or something. I forgot who it was, but whoever it was that started the lawsuit, man, that's a. It's that just a travesty, well, huh? man. Yeah, it's just. Just why mess it up? Why mess it up for everybody? Oh, so now all of these old college athletes got this class action lawsuit. They get ten dollars each. Like <laughs> ten dollars per. They get ten dollars each. Ten dollars each. All for that. So you know, that so, was like this. Okay. Like you do Let a whole bunch of something. basketball moves. You remember? They remember get ten dollars each. Like you do so, a whole bunch of basketball moves, and then like you know, like you do the crossover, you do the behind the back, you spin, and then you shoot, and it's an air ball, and they say all that for nothing. For nothing, huh? 
for nothing. I mean, my question would be if they all get ten dollars, would um this podcast is brought to you by Graham Star Thirty? Would Tim Manuel get ten dollars? I don't think Tim was in two college games. You said, "Oh, if it's class action, I, you're probably right." Graham Star, be on the lookout for your um for your ten dollar check, homie. It should be in the mail like pretty soon. If Ed O'Bannon has his way. <laughs> um, so we're talking about football and you know black guy in the NFL. Another guy who stands out um to the people as the as a man of the people is um old Michael Bennett. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure that you heard a little bit about um what took place with Michael Bennett over the last week um in Las Vegas. I was actually there. Matter of fact, we we were pulling up after the fight. Headed to Dre's, and they said, um, no, they're shooting at the Cromwell. And um, they said gunshots were fired, so we just drove right on the outside of it, saw cops out there, and just kept it moving, took it back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, so what the people say, and I mean, what's the story is out there, is that uh, Michael Bennett was singled out and um, thrown to the ground. There's video or at least pictures, I think there's video as well of him being detained by Las Vegas police who said that he was like a suspect or something. And he came out with this statement saying that, you know, the NFL, uh, I mean, that the police had did him wrong. What are your thoughts, your initial thoughts on that story, Raj? Well, one, man, you know, I really, I really just wish... So, you know, NFL and, and any any sports, any athletes travel around with uh, with their, their most of the time, with their ID, and then they also have, like, a player card. Yeah. Um, whenever a player gets pulled over, I guess on one, on one side, what I hoped happened, or not necessarily pulled over, but gets questioned by the cops, gets stopped by the cops, what you should do is just... Fork over your stuff. Like, just say, hey, okay, cool. Like, if you if you didn't do anything, like, hey, I didn't do anything. All right, let me see your license here. Here's my player card, too. I play in the NFL. Use your use your stuff, you know? But on the flip side, I just, I wish that, I wish that, I wish that cops would have a little bit more compassion for just people in general. And kind of, and I understand that they're trying to protect, quote unquote, but I just wish that they would just maybe leave people alone a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, just stop being such pompous assholes. Like, cops can be assholes. Mm-hmm. Why, do, why, do, why do cops feel like they have to be an asshole? Be a cool cop. You know, like, why not be a cool cop? I got a couple of cool cop friends. So, yeah, you could be a cool cop. It's possible. It's, it's, de- it's definitely possible. And, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. But then again, I mean, the way they, they sold the story kind of made sense, too. They said that there was a shooting. People were, like, running around, and they saw him, like, dug down behind a, a poker table or something. And then he got up and ran and jumped over a four-foot barricade, and that's when they tackled him and put in, put their knees on him, questioned him, did all kind of stuff. So they went into full cop mode because they thought he was a black, black man running. So the truth is probably somewhere in between his version of the story where like he was kind of like we was we was chilling, we was running. And what they said, I tend to believe him a little bit more because it seems like if they said there's somebody shooting, should I run too, right? I mean, we running, right? They shooting, we running, right? Oh, absolutely. I don't, I, I, I don't even think, they, we have to think about if it. If they're running, I'm running. 
If they, they don't even have to be. I don't even know this if This podcast I show is brought to you by when they run in. Because we run in too. <laughs> I'm going. We're going to break. Um, I mean, and you know, this story kind of hits close because um, I've told you this before that um, guys out there, I mean, I used to be a teacher. And um, when I was teaching in, um, in A-Leaf, the teacher right across the hall from me, I would not even say teacher. She was a specialist on our campus, was Miss Bennett. Um, Michael and Martellus Bennett's mom. And, um, like, so I've met them a few times They came on to the campus, talked to the kids and whatever, really cool guys, really down to earth guys who really seem to be about community and, and things of that nature. So I look at them as really big NFL role model types. Um, and they, they've obviously been taking stances on some of the same issues that, um, Colin Kaepernick was taking. Um, Michael Bennett was one of the people sitting and kneeling for the anthem. I actually went, I remember one night a long time ago, I had to be teaching, like I had to be like early 20s, right? And Martellus Bennett had just gotten the league and I was at a bar out here in Houston or a club and he was in VIP and I was toe up. So I ran up and was like, whoa, I work with your mama. And he was like, all right, bottles, bottles on us. Wow. Like, like for real. But here's another thing. Here's my, here's my thing. So you know how, you know my, and it's not really a theory, but. I guess let me introduce people to this if they don't know that NFL players are a lot less marketable than, let's say, NBA players because mm-hmm. they wear a helmet. Um, honestly, I've seen Michael Bennett. I've seen Martellus Bennett. But if I was in a place like Las Vegas for the May- Mayweather-McGregor fight and I saw um, Michael Bennett, me, Roger Green, yeah. mm-hmm. Raj Smooth, if I saw Michael Bennett, I don't think I would know who that was. Huh. I legitimately, I would, I think I would say to myself, man, he must do something. Cause I would imagine that he would be a really big guy. Yeah. But I don't think I would know who he was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, I could man, go with that, man. I, you know, I'm not giving, I'm not giving the cops any benefit of the doubt. Cause like I said, you could be a cool cop. You don't have to stick your knee in the dude back. Just be like, Hey bro, what you, what you got going on? You know, something, I get it. It was probably volatile. And then I'm even reading here that it said that there wasn't even gunshots. It was statues falling. So now I'm yeah, really wondering what was yeah, going yeah. on. They, they, the, the story came out that there were no gunshots. So that 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 part of the story kind of gets swept under the under the rug that it never really was a thing. Um, right. So the, in, the extra inflammatory part of the story came when the, um, the Las Vegas Metro Police Association um, wrote a letter to the to the commissioner, Roger Goodell. Um, Roger, I'm gonna read the letter, and I want to. I want your thoughts on what you think about this. I don't know if you've. I, I, you you knew there was a letter, but I just kind of want to read it over for our audience in case uh, you guys have never heard of it, heard anything about it. it. Says, "Be on behalf of the rank and file members of the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, I request that you conduct an investigation and take appropriate action into Michael Bennett's obvious false allegations against our officers. While the NFL may condone Bennett's disrespect for our American flag." And everything it symbolizes, we hope that the league will not ignore Bennett's false accusations against our officers. As you know, Michael Bennett posted a Twitter message regarding his interaction with our officers. Bennett wrote, Las Vegas police officers singled me out and pointed their guns at me for doing nothing more than simply being a black man in the wrong place at the wrong time. Bennett's message included additional comments, which we believe are false and defamatory. We believe that a fair investigation will establish that our officers responded to one of the most dangerous calls. A law enforcement officer can be assigned an active shooter firing rounds in a crowded casino. As our uniformed officers entered the casino, they observed Bennett hiding behind a slot machine. When officers turned toward Bennett, 
He bolted out of the casino, leaped over four-foot barrier wall, and hid from officers as he crouched close to the wall on the sidewalk. I'm sure that your attorney will tell you our officers had reasonable suspicion, which is the constitutional standard, to detain Bennett until they could determine whether he was involved in the shooting. Our officers, our officers who are both minorities, because we got to put that out there, had the legal right and obligation to detain Bennett based upon the nature to call in Bennett's unusual and suspicious actions. Our officers did not detain Bennett because he was a black man in the wrong place at the wrong time. Bennett's claim that our officers are racist is false and offensive to the men and women of law enforcement. We hope that you take appropriate action against Michael Bennett. I'm available to meet with you and will provide any other information you deem necessary. That's from Detective Steve Gramas, the president of the Las Vegas Metro Police Protective Association. What is what are your thoughts on that on that um robust letter, Raj? What stands out to you? Because I know what stands out. There's like three things that stand out. The only to thing me. that stands out to me is that it didn't it didn't have to be written. Like what? Are, what are you? What are you writing my job for? For me to be investigated? Like writing if my job, job wants, if my job they wants to investigate job, me, like you know, as as investigative, whatever the word is, investigative as the NFL is, they seem to investigate any little small skimption. They'll investigate me if they want to investigate me. <laughs> you know, what do I need you, who just arrested me for ten minutes, um, to write my job? <laughs> to investigate the situation even more. You investigate it. You know what I'm saying? The boys wrote his job, man. That's wild. I don't We're gonna call we're gonna call your boss. And not even his job. They hit his master up. Cause that's what the that's what it felt like to me. Like I'm calling you you responsible for them. Like just the 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 beginning of it when he says while the NFL may condone Bennett's disrespect for our American flag and everything it symbolizes, we hope the league will not ignore Bennett's false accusations against our police officers. Like Roger Goodell, you letting them niggas do whatever they want. You letting them niggas sit down. You letting them niggas carry on, listen to rap music during the during the pledge. Do whatever y'all want to do. You just you tolerate all that. Well, how about you don't tolerate them disrespecting our offices? That that phrase in that sentence is so wild to me. Yeah, it's nah, flag he humping. To, he didn't have to bring he didn't have to bring that up. Like that's an issue that Roger Goodell has to deal with on his own. And for them to single out Michael Bennett, Michael Bennett for for like you know st- sitting down for doing whatever he does during the. <laughs> The, the national anthem that when it has nothing to do with the Los Absolutely. Vegas police, Absolutely. that's, that is, um, that's like, that's the true definition of what snitching is. <laughs> like, like I get it. But the letter was though. like, Hey, look, I don't want you to, I don't want you to think like sending your players to Las Vegas is going to result in these things. Our officers aren't, aren't, um, racist. <laughs> so, you know, like feel, feel comfortable whenever you guys come to Las Vegas. I can see if it was a letter like, like that. You know, like, look into it, do whatever you do, your due diligence. But you know what? We got this nigga that came here last week, <laughs> and and we noticed that he be sitting down during y'all little flag ceremony. And so, that nigga uh, causing a ruckus around here. So I I just want you to know he was tripping. Um, He was tripping when he came here last time. And plus, coupled with the fact that he be sitting down for you. Man, that man tripping, huh? 
Let's get together on this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go and uh, let's go meet at the Skull and Crossbones headquarters. <laughs> that nigga be tripping, huh? We got We got to get him in his place. And the, I mean, the other thing that just that obviously jumped out to me, and I love this one. Right? This is the this is the age old. Our officers who are both minorities. All minorities not built the same, and we got we got a new section we're gonna unveil at the end of um this podcast, and I, I'm I'm gonna get into a little bit more minority talking how all minorities don't stick together, but you can't just lump us all in there and say oh, they're minorities too, so obviously they weren't single them out, man. I I believe if they do like an implicit bias study, I've done one of those at work myself, where it's like you'll hit like you got to do it real quick, and it's like you're hitting like two buttons on your computer, right? And one of the buttons is if you get like a positive feeling from something or a negative feeling from something. And it'll be like pictures that'll flash in front of you real quick. And it's like Obama. It'll be Obama's face. And it'll be like somebody with a gun pointed at you. And it'll be a white, a little white kid. And it'll it'll just be a whole bunch of stuff. And at the end, it tells you like kind of like what you're more implicitly biased towards. Black people are also biased towards black people. We've talked about this. If they got a little black dude knocking on my door looking kind of sketchy, I'm not opening the door at my crib, dude. Like, I'm not going to open the door for the sketchy white dude either, but I might be a little nervous. Yeah, the, the fact I, that he's black isn't going to make me open the door. <laughs> oh, he's dirty looking. He's got his pants sagging. And look, he's got that red bandana hanging out the back of his, 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 uh, his jeans. But he's black. I'm going to go ahead and answer the door because he wouldn't He's good me. with me. He's good with me. I'm not biased at all. Oh, no, no. I definitely understand it. I mean, society. But it's even deeper than that, though. It's even deeper than that. I mean, what was what was the movie? What was the movie, man? Was it Menace to Society, where they had that black cop? Where he? Was oh no, that was um, that was um, that was that was Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood. I hate your black skin. I mean, I you've seen. You. Yeah. You've seen uh, Boondocks also, yeah. right? Uncle you've seen the Boondocks, Uncle Ruckus. I mean, there's people with that Uncle Ruckus syndrome. That's just like. Have you know no nothing? This good podcast to say about is brought to you by this dude I went to college with, Mansoor, Uncle Ruckus number one. Nigga, get your life. <laughs> Just FYI, had to let him had to let him know. Mansoor felt like the operative time. That's his name, Mansoor. Mansoor, a big black name. I'm not gonna say his last name, even though it's very nation of Islam as well. And and he got the nerve to be Uncle Ruckus, trumping out there standing for Trump. Man, get out of here, dog. Caping for that nigga. But anyway. That's your boy. <laughs> I got a couple of questions about Bennett before we move on from him. Um, So we kind of talked about the fact that he'd be kneeling and sitting. And then he happens to be the person who gets harassed by police. Coincidence or not? I'm usually not a believer in coincidence, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm calling coincidence on this one. I think it's coincidental as well, but it's just such a like, uh, hmm. That's a, it's it's a long shot that he would be the player, like out of all the players in the NFL who do the things, like whatever, that he would end up being the one getting harassed by the police. Well, and you know what? Also, I think that he's the person that's gonna be. I'm not. I'm not saying he knocked down the statue. That'd <laughs> be some funny shit if that was him. <laughs> he down started the it up, and then he was like. <laughs> Oh shit, them laws saw me knock down the statues. You know what I'm saying? How funny would that be? 
I'm not saying he knocked down the statue. That, you you, you, you like, accusing that man of knocking down the statue, I'm not, but he might have, but I'm not saying that he knocked down the statue. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is if there's a party where there was going to be some statues get, got knocked down, then he's going to be there. That's the party Michael Bennett's going to be at. That's Michael you know, Bennett's party. Russell That's Wilson's not at that party. party. Russell Wilson's at the, you know, the bow tie. So, know, hold party. up, hold up, Raj. You think it was some statues of some Confederate soldiers? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if so, it was definitely Michael Bennett who knocked down those statues. Maybe it was statues that he thought was Confederate soldiers. You know? <laughs> so... You know, maybe it was Robert E. Lee, the head coach at the at Flamingo UL, at UL basketball. You know, <laughs> stop it, man! This podcast is brought to you by Confederate Monuments in Las Vegas, right? They got. I'm sure it. there's a bunch of those because they make a whole bunch of sense. Okay, question number two, um, and this is even more convoluted since we already kind. It's just a thought. And I mean, I guess these these are the questions, thoughts I had. Wouldn't it be some shit if he actually was doing some shit he had no business doing? <laughs> I mean, he was looking and like, to get out ahead of it, like before Goodell suspended him for six to eight games like the NFL like to do, he just came out and was like, them boys racist. <laughs> the boys did something. Boys, the boys wild for that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that that's what I would do too, you know? cover my grounds you know literally and physically or literally and and um and the other one whatever the opposite of literally is yeah what is it what am I, what's the word i'm thinking of figuratively no. figuratively why would i say physically i mean because literal is talking physical is acting so maybe i could see where that would make right. sense a little bit well yeah so you know cover his ground so he ran and also covers <laughs> grounds with you know putting out isn't it isn't it crazy how po- i don't really even use twitter that much how powerful Twitter is? Yeah. I mean, if you're a celebrity, I think if when we become celebrities for podcasting, we'll get on Twitter. Twitter will be like, we'll that's what we'll do. Twitter. And it's just constant. Like We are on Twitter right now. We don't ever publicize it because we don't tweet anything. But well, we need tweet. to. We don't start tweeting stuff. We need to start tweeting, man. Last thing. I heard Meek Mill say this the other day. And this is the line that's been in my head all, all, all week. It's like one of my favorite Meek Mill lines. He said, I gave my mama 10,000 at least a thousand times. Do the math on it. Like on the 1942 flows. This podcast is brought to you by Meek. Welcome back from the dead, boy. That boy like a white walker. I love it. Meek is back in the game all day. And I've come full circle like I came full circle on James Harden. And I think there's something to do with that. That when cool people back you up, it's Meek, it's James Harden, Leonard Fournette obviously loves him. It's it's, it's something about it. There's good energy around Meek these days. But um, back to what I said. He gave his mama 10,000 at least 1,000 times. So if you do the math on it, I'm going to let you do the math on it at home. Who do you think got more money from um from their children? Meek Mill mama or Martellus Bennett and Michael Bennett mama? So, Meek Mill did not give his mom $10 million. That's number one. Did you just pull out your calculator? I'm not a math teacher. Like some people I know. Um, 
Um, he and... didn't give his mom a ten million. No, no, no. He didn't give his mom ten million. Ever since he signed, ever since he met Ross and signed the dotted line, I gave my mom a ten thousand at least a thousand times. Well, why would he say it if it's not true? I think, I think. Okay, so at <laughs> least, like the, that's the that's the operative word here. At least, um, and so he's saying maybe he did it a thousand and one times. So no, you you did not pay your mom over ten million dollars. I promise you, he, he didn't do that. <laughs> Um, so that's number one, and I, but I don't think the word at least is he saying like, oh, at least a thousand times, like as if I did it only a thousand, like, you know, I didn't do it. I didn't do it 999,000 times. I think he's using the word at least kind of saying to be like, like about, about, about a thousand about times, a thousand times. <laughs> you know, and about is relative. Damn, so damn near a thousand times. <laughs> maybe he gave his mom 10,000, maybe a hundred times. <laughs> you know, that's the, I mean that's still a, that's still a substantial amount of money. I think Meek Mill, you know, I buy if he bought his mom a house, you know, houses in Denver here are going for about six hundred thousand dollars for a regular house. So you know, a hundred thousand dollars in the grand scheme of things, in the Meek Mill's grand theme, scheme of things, I would think no, 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 no. Money. Ten thousand ten times is a hundred thousand. Ten thousand a hundred times is a million, is a million dollars. Did he give her a million dollars, you saying? Maybe he gave her a million dollars worth of stuff. Okay. But not in $10,000 increments. Maybe. You don't buy maybe a house so. in $10,000 increments. No, I'm not saying that he... I'm not, I know. I'm saying maybe he gave his mom... If he gave his mom cash, maybe yeah. he gave it to her in $10,000 increments. You know, like maybe he yeah, signed... I can believe that. And, he and got, he's maybe done that... And he's maybe done that a hundred times, but yeah, not a thousand times. Okay, I didn't know a million, so maybe, maybe, maybe ten times. <laughs> so the line should be like, I gave my mama ten thousand at least ten times. At Let least me, a, I, it was. It, it could still flow if he said, I gave my mama ten thousand at least a dozen times. Do the math on it, like twelve. A dozen. A dozen. Dozen's not a cool word. So, <laughs> so here's the thing: a thousand, a rack, you know, K, all that, you're like oh, a G, all them words. Like that's pretty cool. So here's the thing. If I was a rapper, you were a rapper, right? <laughs> Allegedly. Your profession yes, on LinkedIn at one point in time was rapper. Rapper, yes. Rapper turned singer. So I mean if and to be honest, I was working at um I was working at TJ Maxx and it was only during the holiday season. So continue. Didn't know that. So uh That's when I was a rapper. Let's say if I was a rapper. <laughs> right? Me. Yeah. Would you believe any of my flows? I don't would believe you, you when I just talk to you, so, so obviously not. No, if I was a rapper, I would be a cartoon character. I would <laughs> legitimately be like the, I would be the equivalent of Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj I is a cartoon you. character. I'd be a cartoon character. I would like, I'd be unrealistic. I'd say gangster stuff that I didn't do. At I least would, a thousand times. I would, yeah. I would, I would say I gave my mama a billion dollars. When I only gave her a hundred thousand, um, I would tell, I would say that I had that French bread or that lemon, and the hoes love it, and I wouldn't be lying, but you know, I don't necessarily have that French bread, but you know what I'm saying? That both. So I would do. I would. <laughs> I would do. I would say and do whatever I got to say and do. Okay, so I get you, you. You're saying me lying, but my question would be. I don't think or it's stretching lying, the though. truth. I don't stretching think it's... the truth. Right. Okay. There you go. Who who 
whose mom got more money? Martellus and Michael Bennett's mom or Meek's mom? There's two Bennett's. And that's my point. They both got Super Bowl rings. So who's so you saying she's got more money from her children than Meek, Meek Mill's Mill? mom? Does Meek Mill? Oh, I don't even. So you said the Bennett's mom got a million from her kids? I think so. I think so. I can. You know what? I don't want to say this, but I'm gonna say it because I'm that person, and I hope Meek Mill never listens to this. But <laughs> Meek Mill seems like the type of person that don't really have a mama. You know, and Michael Bennett and Martellus Bennett seem like they do have a, a big, strong black woman mama, you know, that let them do and say whatever they wanted to do. <laughs> you know, I mean, but I, I don't know, look, and she, look, she looked Ms. like she beat him. No, she definitely looked like she beat him. If Mrs. Like, M- if Mrs. Mill, Mrs. Mill, um, I, I, I'm not saying that you don't. Exist. I think her name is, I think her name is, um. Like, well, it's, it makes it even more strange because I was Googling this the other day that Meek Mill's brother is actually Patty Mills. Is that right? Yeah, Patty you Mills just, and you Meek just put Mills. put S on his name. Mm-hmm. Because well, it's Australian. You know, like, they do, say, maths overseas. Well, I'm, looking, I'm looking it up, actually, right now on my phone as we speak. Okay. And Meek Mill does have a mom. Oh. And her name is Oat. Oatmeal? <laughs> <laughs> His his dad's name is Olin Mills, so it all makes sense now. Like that, um, <laughs> no, not not Mills. Yeah, his mama's name is Old Mills. <laughs> uh, this podcast is brought to you by Cream of Wheat. Look, let's get to the fun stuff that we were gonna talk about. For the let's NFL people who are actually watching, we were doing something the other day when when I was in Denver. And we were talking about, we were just saying NBA players. And we were saying what word came to mind when, um, and it started with Roger called LeBron a clown. <laughs> and we'll come full circle with this one event eventually. But we said, man, that might be a cool segment. And in this segment, what we're going to do is word association with NFL players. We picked 10 players this um, from this, this season. And we're just going to say, hey, what's the word that comes to mind when you hear this NFL player's name? And I want to add this. I know some of the players because we went over it, but this is coming completely off the top of my head. The Domalus. Okay. So, for the sake of argument, I'm going to go in alphabetical order by the first letter of the first name. Um, We're going to start with Cam Mameens Newton. Camins means Newton. Raj, what word do you have for Cam Newton? Man, you know, like words are so hard, but um, man, blonde beard. I gotta go with blonde. Give me an adjective on that one. Blonde beard. I'm man. That thing is terrible, man. <laughs> that thing is terrible, bro. You go to blonde beard. Blonde beard is my word for him. Cause the last time I saw him, which was this Sunday, I said, "What is he do? What is what is you doing, baby? What are you doing with that?" Well, it it might actually, it might actually make a little sense when you hear my word, because uh, my word for Cam Newton is get out worthy. Um, we've I talked like about that. this before. Um, if you're going if to, um, if if I could if I could hop into somebody's black life, um, like like black body and just be them, like in the movie Get Out, um, it'd be Cam Newton out of pretty much anybody <laughs> in the NFL. So it would be um, no like pause. I wouldn't want to hop in his body, but um, 
Yeah, Cam Newton would be get out where But if they had anybody, what, that it, you wouldn't want to hop in their body. <laughs> Didn't you already tell me off the record that it would be Cam Newton? <laughs> Uh, not no, pause. I didn't say I would. Sh- I would not smash Cam Newton. But the thing is, what makes me think about it is maybe he got got out. Like maybe somebody's in Cam Newton right now, making him have a blind goatee. Maybe so, but I don't think so. so. That's he's possible. That, he's that. Well, he's that wild. <laughs> he was. He was featured on the cover of our romp him uh, segment. So he is the romp him. Blind beards are a walk person. in the park for him. All right, um, next on the list, our favorite white running back, Christian McCaffrey. And uh, what do you think about Christian McCaffrey, the rookie running back for that same Panthers team? Christian McCaffrey. First word that comes to, I mean, man, other than white, you know? Um, Anomaly. 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 Do tell. He's an anomaly. Yeah, I feel like every single white running back that's ever come about, you know, you got Mike Allstott, who's kind of fullbackish. You got Peyton Hillis and uh, Zach Zinner, maybe. I don't know, some other guys that have been in the league that okay. are white. They're just kind of either average running backs or power backs. And then you got this white dude that comes back. You know, you remember that? You remember the. So, you know, I like to dupe people, right? You know, yeah. I like to just trick people. I know you remember. Let's say about ten years ago, there was this video of this little white kid that would that was just shaking the like he was like eight years old and he was just shaking the whole field. Mm-hmm. You know how many times I told people that that was Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> Probably too many times. Too many times, and in fact, I was telling the truth because that was Christian McCaffrey. So, <laughs> so anomaly. You right, white well, people don't Chris- normally move like that. For Christian McCaffrey, I got Reggie. And I don't mean Bush. I mean Reggie. Like, he's regular. He's, like, a regular running back. He's just like everybody else. But since he's white, he gets that anomaly label. He's no better than Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette. He's he's no better than anybody. He's Reggie. And he's white. He's a receiver playing running back. You know what, though? That's all I got for him. You know what? I actually looked into his family recently. Mm Mm-hmm. All his okay, brothers so his, were like receivers. Wait, hold on. And his the dad. Saints just signed his brother. Yeah. So did you know that? Practice squad. Yeah. Didn't know he even had a brother. Looked into it some more. Saw that. Okay, so of course his dad played. You know his yeah. dad's size. You know like how with like what his dad's. Yeah, he was a receiver. Was? Big Easy Ed McCaffrey. What? What is? What do you know? What his dad's size was? Though? I don't know. What six five? He's six five two seventeen. Big receiver, right? Big dude. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's that. He's got, um, he's got a brother that's playing at Valor Christian now, who I plan on going to watch one Friday night. Uh, he plays. When you're boycotting high school. I'm not boycotting high school, but anyway, so he is a brother that plays quarterback for Valor Christian that just signed with Michigan, mm-hmm. and he has a little brother that's at Valor Christian that's like a sophomore. I don't know anything about him, but his uncle was the second leading scorer. On the 1991 Duke National Championship basketball team behind Christian Leitner. Um, he's he's Reggie to me. So let me tell you how I feel about him. So? I say Reggie. You see Reggie? You see say Reggie. regular? I see Reggie regular. Bush. Cause I, don't I said Reggie, regular. not Bush. No, I, that's what you say. I say Reggie Bush. If uh, That's the way I say it. 
Blah, blah. On to the next one. Maybe... We- <laughs> On to the next one. <laughs> Justin James Watt, one of our favorite players in the Houston area. What do you think about JJ? Can we, can we say can we say this one on three? No, we're not saying the same thing. I know what can you want to say, but I've changed mine. America. That's what I'm going with. We Go talking about that one, and it's America. America. If there's anybody, <laughs> if if there was a if there was a, a a royal rumble of people that would that would that would be the spokesperson for America. America. It would be between JJ Watt and John Dan, Cena. And Dan um Bessarian. <laughs> nah, not Dan Bessarian. Nah. He he a little, he do too he do too much. He ain't America. You say John Cena. It'd be John Cena or JJ Watt. JJ Watt. Okay. <laughs> you got or some Jared, Jim Duggan if him. Jared Allen was still was still like a thing, then it'd be maybe Jared Allen. We throw him in there too. Yeah, but as of right now, JJ Watt is the all American badass. Like he's he's the guy. Well, I got a more recent name. It's always gonna. It would have been America for me, um, or America, two weeks ago. But uh, this podcast is brought to you by JJ Watt. Um, and the word I'm going to use is the finesser. I feel like J.J. Watt has ran off on the plug over the last three weeks or so in the Houston area. Two, three weeks after Hurricane Harvey. And pulled off one of the greatest finesses that this country has ever seen. James Harden donated a million. Rockets owner donated 10 million out of their own personal money. We talked about the fact that Beyonce probably didn't donate however much million, but maybe she did, maybe she didn't. Who knows? I've never heard J.J. Watt donated anything, but his name comes up at the top of the list because they say J.J. Watt raised $28 million or $30 million or whatever it is. J.J. Watt went on TV or on the internet and was like, hey, y'all give money to this cause and I'll make sure it gets spent the right way for America. And everybody just donated. And now he gets to be the top name when he didn't donate the most money. He finessed the plug. He ran off on the plug. He finessed the whole system. And JJ gets... I mean, he gets respect for me for doing it. Yeah, I was hoping that you was going to give him a little bit of something. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not sitting over here like saying it's a bad thing. He's just the finesser. Like he's a pimp. <laughs> like, is that what you're saying? Like he just... He, was, he, he pimped. That's real. That's real. Like honestly, honestly, let me tell you something. If somebody say, "Hey man, you you uh you think you can you think you can give me five dollars?" and it's somebody that really deserves five dollars, and I and I could finesse somebody else into giving them that five dollars. Give them no. Why I gotta give them ten? Finesse somebody else to give them twenty when you was only gonna give them five when they only asked you for five. I think that man more than did it more than did his part. So yeah, I I like that finesse as long as it got some some kind of positive. Yeah, to it. I thought it was not. I I never said it was a negative thing. I just think okay, he finessed okay, the plug. Just make it sure. All right, thank you, James Watt. <laughs> Next one, Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch. But where it comes to mind when you hear Marshawn? West Coast. West Coast. <laughs> he 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 just deserves to be. I can't. You know. You know. I was watching. I was watching Marshawn highlights the other day. I can't believe that he played that long in Buffalo. 
he oh, was I thought it was only like not, two or three years. I mean, even if it was, you can't. Like, did you see the block party he threw whenever yeah. he went to Oakland? Yeah. It was just so fitting. I mean, I feel like Ice Cube was there, and Snoop Dogg was there, and Dr. <laughs> Dre was there. Like, everybody that was just West Coast as fuck was there. Rapper, and like this little any... rapper from his hood, he called him Shitty. He's like, yeah, because we used to call him Shitty when he was little young nigga. Shitty. Cool. Like, <laughs> I love him. I love him. Marshawn's one of my favorites. The word I got for Marshawn is black, man. I think he unapologetically black, and I think he's like the blackest. Like, and, 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 like people, like I, I heard, like when I was saying his name, when I when I did this associate this podcast, also to you, bro, also brought to you by uh, Big Q, and uh, our homeboy CAP Los, because I um I went ahead and was kind of going over some of these topics that we were going to talk about this week, and I threw up these things out for them to hear. And when I said Marshawn, both of them was like nigga, 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 true nigga, real nigga. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even like nigga for it. I like he's black. He's 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 a black man, and I feel like he's. A black man who's just like he's got his own set of principles. He's got his own set of like ethics that he believes in, and I think he's like the 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 definition of like just who he is is him. Like he don't he not answering to nobody, you know. And like he could have been, he said he'd been sitting and kneeling, not kneeling, but sitting for the play for like <laughs> five that's seasons. The, <laughs> that's the thing, and people are just like, oh, well, that's just Marshawn. You know, right. and that's that that actually kind of goes back to my argument against. Colin Kaepernick because I'm not 100% pro Colin Ka- Kaepernick I got a little couple of reservations about it if Colin Kaepernick was let me let me think of a, who's a, if Colin Kaepernick was Russell Wilson I'm not saying in, in personality I'm saying in ability <laughs> he'd still be playing right now there has to be something said for the fact that Colin Kaepernick is also not that great like he's good, but he's not that great. It people who don't watch football like talking about would never understand that. When they were talking about like the Saints brought in Johnny Manziel for a workout, and it was like, oh, I'll be pissed if they signed Johnny Manziel had, and not and not Colin Kaepernick. Manziel. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick's had a better NFL career than Johnny uh, Manziel. But if you just ask me, watching football game, who throws a more catchable ball, maybe? Who has a little bit more pocket? Like, I've watched Colin Kaepernick skip balls down the field, like, at receivers' feet for whole games. Like, I'm not saying he's that great, but I get your point. We're on the same point, but I'm not going to believe the point. Yeah, I'm, okay, that's my point. I'm just saying Marshawn can do it, but Colin can't. It's just funny like that. The um, the next person on our list, um, obviously this podcast is, as always, brought to you by Odell's Butt Tattoo Emporium. Um, is Odell OBJ Beckham. What word you got well, for you Odell? Know, you know Odell did a lot in the past, and I kind of been waiting for Odell to give me a um, give me a um, something. I'm just gonna stick to not being funny here, and I'm just gonna say popular. I popular. think Odell Odell right now is the face of the NFL, and I think that he can be an even bigger face of the NFL if he wants to be. And I, I like right? how succinct it is. I like I, I like that. My word for Odell was knowledge. Cause I just think that like uh Lowe says this all the time. He like always says that a New Orleans dude will come and he'll bounce his ass in your face on a on some bounce music and then he'll shoot you off to the club. Like it's just a different breed of human being from New Orleans. And I think he kinda personifies that whole like it's just people look at him from the outside looking in like, oh that boy be dancing a lot, he be doing XYZ, he and they'll try to throw out terms about his sexuality. I just think he's New Orleans dude. And I, I really just think that about Odell. He's New Orleans to me. 
Oh. Uh, I just think he has like everything going for him. I think he's a nice looking guy. Mm-hmm. He plays a skill position in a big city. Get out and worthy. He has, Lay mine. And he's get out worthy. And he has something marketable about marketable about him, which is his hair. Yeah. You know? Like his hair is you even if you didn't know who Odell Beckham was, you would know who he was just because of his hair. Yeah, I was having that talk with um with Jay earlier, he he basically said one of the Saints linebackers, Anzalone, he was like, oh, everybody get that long hair and they feel like they're Clay Matthews. And I was like, why don't we celebrate black people with um like crazy hair? He was like, we do, Odell Beckham. So, yeah, that's this is very much the case. Uh, um, Next one, we only got four more. Um, Let's see, alphabetically, what would be next alphabetically? Oh, it'd be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. What word comes to mind when you hear Russell Wilson? Stand up guy. <laughs> I think Russell Wilson's a very stand up guy. Okay. I think I've, I've seen some. I've seen some. I've seen some instances where, you know, let's take Sierra for instance. Uh, not to go too too far, but I've you know she probably was tired of dealing with that bullshit, bro. I'm, I'm pretty sure future is full of that bullshit. I know how niggas do. You know how niggas do, cause I do it. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying you do it, but I do it. You know, sometimes. And um, I don't think Russell Wilson is with that bullshit. I think that that man is a square guy. Square. Let's okay, so word. my word was quadrilateral. It was quadrilateral, cause he's a square, no doubt. But he could be other shapes. Like he could kind of sometimes he could be a rectangle. Sometimes he could be a rhombus. Like he can move the needle a little bit where he's not super square, but, but he always, always comes four back. Sides. He's always four sides. He's always four sides. <laughs> I, I like that. I like he's that. always... I like that. Way better than square. I mean, of course, my um, mathematical <laughs> shape, my ge- geometrical vocabulary is not going to be as... <laughs> robust. As robust as yours. As robust as yours. But, um... All right, so Russell opinion. Wilson is the quadrilateral. We got three more. Um, this one you guys might not know a lot about. Um, Seth DeValve, and just to be, to be to a little backstory, he was the first white player to kneel for the anthem. Um, this this year, and um, the reason he said that he knelt for the anthem was because he was um he's married I think to a African American chick, and he or has babies with her if if not if not married. And he's like, I'm going to have to be raising kids who don't look like me, who are black, who will be facing some of these issues. So I feel like I need to be a part of the solution. So what's your word for Seth DeValve? Foil paper. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he's not, if you don't have, a, if you're white and you have a black wife and you're... Dirk Nowitzki has set the standard. You show up to the game with a styrofoam plate covered in foil paper with your wife's cooking underneath of that. So I need, I, I like him. And I think that if I had to guess, he's been to the game with a, with a foil paper plate before. <laughs> My word for him was just lost. Not, cause, not that he's lost. I mean, he's doing the right things, I think. I think he lost in that sauce. And um, I just think he out there. 
And I think it, it kind of goes along that same line. He he married to a black woman or he dealing with a black woman. And she probably got him. Like, she probably told him, look, dude, you're going to kneel down <laughs> this week. I don't care what it is that you fit. You finna go take a knee this week, bruh. Oh, I'm not sending you to the game with no fall paper uh, this week. Like, I, I just, I feel like it's got a little bit to do with his, his black wife. But hey, salute. Shout out you to this. you. I do salute people like that. I do salute. I do salute. I gotta, I gotta give this podcast up to my boy Chase Trafficker again. Because hmm. I feel like there are times where... Chase will try and other other white dudes. Definitely we got you know, this podcast is brought to you by everybody's white chocolate friend. Hmm. Everybody got one person in their in their life, you know, P, shout out to P. Um hmm. that tries their best to understand the black struggle. I feel like that's all Seth DeValve maybe was trying to do. Trying to trying to find some sort of way to connect and trying to figure out how can I understand the black struggle a little bit better? Yeah, I mean, we, we, I think we like him. Well, in, in, in actuality, I mean, we all we both know a lot of mixed mixed people, too. And to be honest with you, it kind of depends on what type of mixed you come out. You know, you can be black mixed or white mixed. It just kind of depends on who's <laughs> who's got the more dominant genes. Yeah. But if you come out mixed and you're black, you're black. You know what I mean? In Louisiana, I'm... though, if you come out mixed... And you're white, and that person that is in the position to judge you finds out that you're mixed. You're black. <laughs> you're definitely black. If you most places you're black if you're mixed. But there are instances whenever you're you're white. I've seen some mixed. I've seen mixed people that are white like that. They look white. This podcast is brought to you by Jacob Jambone. Mm. No, two more players. <laughs> Next we got Vaughn Miller. The Denver representative. Fun. Fun? Everything that Vaughn Miller does looks like the funnest thing in the world. I feel like he's the funniest person in the world. Number one funniest person in the world. And I think we, like, it's funny that we never talked about a lot of these and we got kind of the same ones. Mine was nice. As in, he would be in team nice. He would run with us. Vaughn Miller would be our best friend. Vaughn Miller would, out of all of these people, we would hang out with Vaughn Miller undoubtedly before any. He reminds me of a big Tim. Like, like swag and all. Like Vaughn Miller. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, 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 does Vaughn Miller actually wear glasses or are those fake? I, man, he has to wear glasses. He's been having those things on since Texas A&M. Like his <laughs> Texas A&M picture are those military style glasses. <laughs> the Shea the glasses. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by everybody who was recently inducted into the small town nigga hall of fame. This, this podcast, podcast brought to you, you by Shay. <laughs> because instead of having beautiful bundles, he should come up with Shay's shades. Shay's or something shades. like that. Because he has a very robust collection of shades and He says he's about to start making his own um pocket squares and ties. I might get into that movement. Me and Shay gonna um gonna hit the hit the hit the tailory. <laughs> Hancock's fashions or whatever it is, Joanne's fabrics and start getting it going. Last yeah, one. Last one. We have Zeke Elliott of the Dallas Ooh. Cowboys. 
we had to get a cowboy in there so we could have a a good word about him. What word comes to mind when you hear Zeke Elliott? Sour Patch Kid. <laughs> Sour Patch Kid. Why so? Well, one, because he looks like a Sour Patch Kid. <laughs> and two, because he looks like such a nice guy. You know, sometimes he's sweet, <laughs> but when he's sour, <laughs> he's sour, you know? And I, granted, look, I, I I have most of my friends out here are Cowboys fans, so we, we talk about it a lot, and some of them don't believe that he did it, and some are on the fence, and I think that you should be on the fence because you you don't know, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty, and as of right now, he's innocent, but we don't know if he's guilty or innocent. But if he beat that girl the way they say he beat that girl, then he's definitely a sour patch kid. <laughs> That's not funny. First they're um, sour, then they're sweet. Yeah, yeah. I, I my word for, for Zeke, I think there's never been a more aptly named um like nickname. It's Freak. Zeke's the freak. Um, he pulled out that woman titty for Mardi Gras. It was oh St. Patty's Day, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just pulled it out twice and just manhandled that titty out there on that balcony. Then he was like. Right when he had got drafted, wasn't he like um in bed with some chick and she like Snapchatted? No, no, no. Um put him on Tinder or something. No, Julian Edelman was on Tinder. They took a picture of him knocked out in bed though. Like, oh, I just slept with Zeke Elliott. Um Thanks Zeke's the freak, man. He he's out there he's out there just doing whatever he wants. And I think a lot of times when you hear about these domestic abuse things, it probably started with a little bit of cheating or freaking out there and then some big some big blow up argument and then um then then he then he becomes a sour patch kid. <laughs> so that's what we got for Zeke Elliott. So those are these are all of the players that we um that we wanted to talk about this year. This this segment will come back for um for basketball season. So be on the lookout for that in about I don't know, basketball season is gonna be here before we know it, like a month or two, right? Um, we're going to do the same thing with basketball players. We'll pick 10 and it'll be funny to, um, to get in there and see what words y'all got for Kyrie Irving and, um, and, and, and company this, this upcoming year. We stay away from the Saints because it's just a sore subject right now. Um, we only got a couple of more things. We definitely over the hour mark. Um, so I want to give Roger a chance because there's been a lot of, um, backlash on social media and, um, in some different text groups that I've been involved with. About Roger's comments on the um, on the last pot when we asked them about um, them asking to check papers at disaster relief places, and um, if I can quote you, Rod, you said, "Yeah, if that's not a thing, it should be check their papers, get them out of here." So this week, that's been a kind of a little sore subject. We recorded this way before Trump decided to. Um, do away with DACA. Um, Raj, do you have anything to say about DACA? Is it wrong to be against DACA? Do you feel it's wrong to be against DACA? Um, I mean, you know, some people are like America first, so they're whatever. And what about these kids? I mean, the, the biggest sentiment is that the kids came here at a very young age. They were under 15 when they came. They were kids. And, like, they didn't have a choice but to be here. 
and you know then and they they grew up here so now we're going to kick them out when their parents brought them here it's kind of like you know they have to have a DACA card they have to do a whole bunch of things so if if we're really making it like hard for them to become citizens but also really kind of keeping them keeping a close eye on them and doing everything we're supposed to do it's kind of I don't know it's just kind of insensitive to kick them out I think it's insensitive. I mean, I think it's just insensitive to kick anybody out of America when America's the best place. I don't want to live anywhere else but America. But I mean, I don't but, know if you feel the same way about that. No, place. I do. I do feel the same way. I, I do want to live in America, but I also, and I'm not picking a stance on it just yet, but I also, I want to ask this question. Can everybody live in America? Everybody can't live in America. But everybody wants, I mean, well, I'm not going to say everybody but I would venture to say majority of the world would love to live in America. They'd like to live in America. But everybody can't live in America. So the people that come here illegally and get away with it, thats I don't think that that's fair to the people that do it the complete right way. And when, whenever you get to America, win a contest or something, or win, win uh, who, the the uh, Saudi Arabian version of who wants to be a millionaire. I don't know how you get here, but it's a, it's a tough path to citizenship. But my thing is, I get what you're saying. I definitely do get what you're saying that people that everybody can't come here. Um, it's just that particular piece of legislation was to protect children, children who had been here kind of against their, cause I mean, when you were six years old, you didn't have a choice where to be. Your parents could have picked you up and said, Hey, we're moving to um, Germany. And then when you turn like 24, the president of Germany was like, no, you need to get out of here because you're not a German citizen. And you're like, man, I've been living in Germany since I was six. I don't know anything but Germany. Like, you might feel a way about that. Like, damn, I got to go to another country and I don't even, I don't want to go anywhere else. I love Germany. Right. Like, and I understand that. But like, how did I get into school? Because you can go to school. How? I don't know. I the see that. DACA. DACA. That that legislation so, allows you to go to school. So to me, the moment, the moment that a uh, illegal kid comes to my school, you okay, kick the cool. whole family out. Yeah, the whole family got to go. I'm just giving you an example. I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> how I feel, but that to me that seems like probable cause. <laughs> we got an illegal family here. You know, oh, they brought their children. You know, we believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, no, but I, I'm don't, just, I don't feel it. I'm just wondering, like, oh, we got here illegally. Now we can send our child to school. Like, what is that? You know, like, okay, so cool. I, I'm not saying that I I agree or disagree with. I'm not. I'm not speaking on. You definitely sound I like you disagree. Nope. nope. This is. I'm not speaking on if I agree or disagree on it. I'm. I am withholding that information. But I want to speak facts. So there is a difference between legal and illegal. So yeah. a family comes here, illegally with an I in front of legal, illegally, and then sends their kid to school. Well, I don't. I don't. How did? How does? How does that kid get to go to school? 
I just want to know, like, if it's an illegal family, how does that family, like, what did they also do? They just send him here, put him down, and then go back to Mexico? Is that, like, the, <laughs> is that how they, like, what, like, the blind eye? No, they might be some workers, undocumented workers. I don't know, Roger. Listen, you're asking a lot of questions that I guess someone who feels as though these kids shouldn't be here would ask. Maybe I am. And that's, that, and that's valid. But I'm not saying that I feel that they should be. But I'm just wondering if someone is caught here illegally, is there a process to deal with them legally? Yeah, it's called deportation. Okay, so then if that process, how does that, like, is there even a such thing? Like, whenever you're here, is there is such thing as deportation? Yes. What do you mean? Well, because, I mean, if I send my kid to school and he doesn't have a birth certificate or a social, a social security card or nothing... Oh, but he has DACA. Then what? Then what does well, that say for the parents? My, you don't have DACA. It's not like you got a freaking DACA. Well, I mean, you do have a DACA card. But my thing is, I would assume that there's some kind of, um, some kind of you. You might still have a birth certificate from another country, man. That everybody who wasn't born in America, you can be a naturalized citizen. So there's reasons to that. And I mean, I'm just kind of thinking from a, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think on the fly from a, um, from an educator perspective. Like, would you a know student who comes illegal? into a student who comes into a classroom? I, no, I wouldn't know that they're an illegal or not. That's not something I would know. It's, I have, I wouldn't have a clue about that because that's not anything that I'd have to ever have to look at. That Whatever. student has a student ID number. That student doesn't have a social security number that I have to look at. That student has a name and whatever but else. But teacher. Yeah, you, I know. You as an administrator, I, yes, I know. an administrator, you would have yeah, to... Yeah, I don't know if an administrator is really checking number. for that either. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know if they're checking for that either. Yeah, I guess maybe it's it's all all uh, filing cabinet stuff, huh? Yeah, I, like, I, like honestly, I, I really don't know if you... When you come to register your kid for school, it's probably the attendance clerk who's like an older lady who's just like sitting in there punching papers. So maybe she knows, maybe she doesn't. But like I said, I... I still don't think kids necessarily get turned away from school, though. I think if you're school age, you get to go to school. I'm pretty sure that schools aren't turning away kids who are living in the area and have an address. I know you got to have an address. You got an address in the neighborhood and things of that nature. I mean, you you bring up an interesting point about what kind of things you may need to um to get the process rolling because I guess I've never thought about it but if 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 these kids are in school then obviously they have all of those other prerequisite things like an address and family and parents who are um enrolling them and maybe a birth certificate from another country and maybe a, like there's probably a whole bunch of things that they have at their disposal to get them registered for school but um that makes it a little bit less likely that when they just walk up someone would say oh you're illegal where's your family at when they come pick you up, the police are going to be here to send y'all away. Like, I just, I, I mean, I don't know. Because those same people that you're talking about, like, I, I I wholeheartedly don't believe in, I mean, I live in Houston, so let's just be honest. If I've worked with illegal um, citizens or non-citizens, I guess, um, for all kinds of things, they work at Home Depot. They don't work at Home Depot. They sit outside of Home Depot. Come help me move this furniture. I mean, and that's not even just talking about, and that's the, the illegalist of the illegal. They got people who aren't citizens who do all kind of labor jobs in this country that the country wouldn't run without. So, 
my, my stance is that our country is better for it. Immigration, our country has always been better for immigration. So, with immigration. So, with if it's done illegally, let's have an easier path to citizenship. We're going to forward, we're, we're going to go on to um, a new section that we're going to pretty much have to end up uh, most podcasts. I don't know, probably, I'm going to try it out at the end. Um, and this, this, this section is, Kind of a product of something our parents used to tell us when we were really young. Well, my mom definitely used to tell me this. And she'd always say, if you don't have nothing nice to say, then don't say nothing at all. So the name of this section is going to be called Nothing Nice to Say. And uh, this is going to give me a little opportunity to get on my soapbox at the end of the podcast. So nothing nice to say. Drop the little nothing nice to say music. You know, they say if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Nothing nice nice to say, but I'll go nice. So, talking about DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, um... From what they... What I've, I've learned about it and what I've read about it, it's like every two years, these people have to check in. And they had to be in the United States between 2000... Before 2007... And been younger than 15. Um, and these dreamers have been in our country um, for a long time. And they have they have to check in. They have to be in school. They have to be working. They can't commit crimes. Um, and they do a lot of things that are beneficial for our society. Um, but what I've re- recently realized is since the um, Trump has decided to kind of start doing away with DACA, that there's been a lot of African-American support for these dreamers and a lot of things that are online as far as hey like Trump is all wrong and we need to we need to keep these dreamers and some quotes I saw hashtag I stand with DACA um, a teacher I know said hey defend DACA dreamers are our students was her post another person said any country that bases its ability to open its borders or anything other on uh, on anything other than compassion is evil let me be clear 45's rescinding of DACA was both cowardly and duplicitous for multiple reasons. I had another person who said, Trump came down here and smiled in front of the cameras with Harvey evacuees pretending to be a kind of sympathetic person. Then he goes back to the White House and pulls this BS with DACA's kids. So it got me thinking. I was like, man, that's a lot of it's a lot of like black people really are like standing up like, hey, and I don't know if it's a combination of we don't like Trump or if it's we really are. In the bed with DACA. But my first question, I don't know why. I don't know. I'm on my soapbox. And I mean, you know, I guess if I don't have nothing nice to say. Where were these dreamers when we was yelling Black Lives Matter? Were they with us? I don't know. This country is based on a tier system. And nobody really wants to be last. We could just say that there's four, about four major ethnic groups. We're not going to go way back when. We're just going to say it's black people, it's white people, it's Asian people, and it's Hispanic people. Nobody wants to be last. Asian people over the years have very much kind of button, but like pushed themselves up to like that number two place because they're smart. They do a lot of things in school, so it's like Asian people are smart. So it's it's a it's a race for the bottom. It's either last place or second to last place. And I feel like, and I feel like Hispanic people sometimes look at us and say. We want to be, we don't want to be last place. And I think that a lot of times we, we put all of the minorities in this one pile 
and say, hey, they're all minorities. They're all the same people. But um, sometimes that's just not true. Sometimes it's competition at the bottom. And I feel like sometimes we don't all get together and do the same thing. So I just, I'm just curious about it. I mean, are we going to jump behind the dreamers? I think it's probably a good thing to do, but I think that they should jump behind us too. I think Hispanic people should stand up for black people the way that we do for them. And another thing that I thought about, we were talking about Colin Kaepernick earlier. So just, just my way of thinking. I don't know. Maybe it's wrong. Why is Colin Kaepernick the leader of the movement? Because he took a knee? Was he the first one to do it? We just said Marshawn Lynch did it first. I think a cat like Michael Bennett is way more applicable to be the spokesperson of like what's wrong and and standing up against police brutality. They were doing it too. Yeah, I have nothing bad about mixed kids. I like mixed kids. I like the good hair, the creamy skin and whatnot. But why are the mixed people always the leaders? Why is it always Obama, Drake, Colin Kaepernick that we get behind and say, oh, those are our black leaders? Why not Sylvester Turner? Shout out, Houston. Lil Wayne, Marshawn Lynch. Why can't we say... I don't know. I just think it's something that I always see. That the mixed kids always end up being the people we follow behind. I don't know. This is just a thought I have. Might be just the most ridiculous thing ever. But you know, maybe if I don't have nothing nice to say, I shouldn't say nothing at all. Hey, so um, we're going to try out some different things in the podcast. And um, this was a long one. We went over the hour and some minute marks. We're going to try to do some different things with formatting. But, um, Raj, we still thinking about potentially binge watching this, um, this television show or is that even, is that even a possibility? It's a possibility. So maybe when it's, while it's still fresh on our mind, we'll binge watch some TV and do like a TV pod next time. I'm not sure. We've talked about it. We've kicked around the idea. So it's possible. It's football season. Almost assuredly, somebody's going to do something. <laughs> Somebody's gonna give us something to talk about. It it it's it's pretty much never failed us. <laughs> Some weeks are slow. Most weeks aren't slow. All right, this podcast is super long today, so we about to um sign off, and we will we will definitely check back in with you guys, ASAP. So um. Uh...